Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am here today with an incredible guest, the one and only Pete Cohen. Now, Pete is many things. He's a high-performance coach. He's an author, a public speaker, an expert podcaster. Uh, you name it, he has been there, and an illustrious career as a TV presenter. So mm. we're going to learn all about Pete's journey. Welcome to the podcast, Pete. I am delighted to be here. I really am. And I love a podcast that's called the, you know, brave, bold and brilliant because they're three things that we should, we all are, I think, but we can definitely be more brave, more bolder and more brilliant. Excellent. So we're going to get into all of that, which is cool. But we're going to start, if you don't mind, Pete, with your story, your journey, kind of where life started for you. And then we're going to dig in from there, if that's okay. Well, you know what? I'm a bit of a rebel. So would it be possible to tell you the story I'm going to create? And then I'll tell you my backstory. Why don't we just break the rules? Let's do it. That's brave. Yeah. And it is brave, I think. And, um, I'll tell you what, what I'm what I'm doing. So I'm on a mission to liberate 10 million people around the world to literally go from living a life just by just by chance or by history to living an, uh, an extraordinary life by design. People who have des- decided to design the life, you know, and doing what they need to do to almost reinvent themselves, to create a new version of themselves, to create a new personality. And I know that... Um, our stories are very important, aren't they? When someone's, you know, we always mm. want to talk about our stories. And I'm, it's not that I'm insecure about it. It's just that, and people tell you, I've done all these things, which in other people's eyes may be a great, but for me, it's over. You know, it's like what I'm going to do next. But I do appreciate everyone has got a backstory and I am who I am because of my story. So my backstory is I'm 50 years old, which I still can't believe. I was 50 last year. I'm 51 in May. Um, I grew up in Northwest London. I was very lucky to grow up in a middle-class uh, place. Um, I found out at a very early age I was dyslexic. Um, had attention. De- I was told I had a def- attention deficit disorder. Mm. I didn't. I was just bored. You know, if something was interesting, I'd, I would focus. It would have my attention. Um, I struggled through school. I found I kind of bluffed my way into higher, further education and higher education. I did a degree in sports science, sports psychology, became a teacher. Then I kind of found my way um, because I was a personal trainer for years. I became very interested in psychology. I designed a weight loss program that focused on more on the way that you think. That then kind of got me on GMTV, which then got me a, a book, then then got me another book, 19 books later, 10 years on television, my own program on discovery, uh, having worked with multiple world and Olympic champions in sport. I mean, just literally, I was, I interviewed, um, you should get her on your podcast, Dame Kelly Holmes, if you haven't already Ooh, asked yes. her. Yes. What a story. She, she was the only athlete that I wished I had have worked with. I pretty much all of the others from my era 
probably your era mm. around, you know, people like uh, Sally Gunn or Roger Black, Steve Backley, Colin Jackson, Jonathan Edwards. These were all people I knew, but her story really, really touched me. Um, so, yeah, and I worked with the Arsenal football team. Um, I didn't support them. Um, <laughs> I uh, worked with Ronnie O'Sullivan. In fact, when you said you, you're in Manchester, I immediately remembered times where we were in Manchester together. So I just love to help people. Um, and I love where we met, you know, on Clubhouse, which really wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, but that mm -hmm. has done so many incredible things. Like, you know, this has happened because of that. So, yeah. So what, what about you? What about you? I want to know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm a rebel, right? So I like to turn <laughs> things around because I'm curious. What about your future? What's the future looking like for you? Because I know you're, you're busy, you've got businesses. What's driving you? So for me, uh, and having a strong reason why I think is so important, isn't it, Pete, you know, for all of us. And sometimes that doesn't come to us till later in life yeah. <laughs> yeah. with a little bit of experience under your belt. But for me, you know what, I really want to help as many people as possible unlock their true potential. Yeah. Whether that's in a business sense or career or life or relationships, whatever it is, because I firmly believe that every single person has greatness within them. I genuinely yeah. believe that. But how you unlock it, um, and this is really part of the theme of the podcast, really, you know, is by being brave, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, bold, you know, making an impact as much as you can. And being brilliant is when the stars align, you know, and, and I have this, you know, firm belief that actually everyone could do is some support guidance yeah. um you know an honest perspective sometimes as well to give a, a little push and encouragement in the right direction so yeah so for me it's around giving back you know I've been lucky to have a very um successful corporate career running very large businesses um but I love the fact that you can have a conversation with someone and it can totally change someone's life yeah. So, so for me, that's the big purpose. And um, yeah, and obviously, you know, leave a legacy for my nieces and my nephews and things like that. So to have made an impact and done good in the world, really, Pete, is, is what I, I think that's deep down. That's what most people want. You know, mm. I'd like to think everybody wants it deep down, but some people would disagree. Um, it's a challenge to do that. And I think one of the biggest reasons is, in fact, Tony Robbins, who most people have heard of, is probably one of the most well-known people in the field of personal development. He definitely mm. changed, well, he didn't change my life. Wait, did he change my life? He definitely helped. I read his book, Awaken the Giant Within in 1996, I think. And that was the second personal development book I'd ever written, wrote, wrote? I didn't write it. I read it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I was dyslexic. KO. Sorry, that's okay backwards. Um, the first book I read was Peter and Jane. No, sorry. The first book I, Peter, first personal development book I read was a book called Over the Top by Zig Ziglar. But in the Tony Robbins thing, uh, he's done one of the most famous TED Talks in history. And uh, it's called Why We Do What We Do. And um, he talks about everything we do is governed by six needs. And the first four needs are certainty. We all want certainty, but we all mm. want uncertainty. You know, no one wants certainty. Maybe someone does, but most people don't want total certainty they want uncertainty so yeah. already already that's going to make us you know we get certainty by having a house and we get security but then if you think that's all there is and you're certain that you have it then you'll probably feel like there's something missing that you want some uncertainty and then there's significance um we all need we all want significant or we all need significance connection mm -hmm. and the other is love 
And what he says is if you don't get those needs met in a way that is positive, you'll get them met in a way that is negative or neutral. You'll keep wanting to get them met and you'll mm -hmm. never reach those higher needs, which is the, the need to grow and to contribute. And, you know, that's why I think when we say about getting to a certain age, I just think we get to a certain age and we realize, hang on a second, that's not really that important anymore. What people think about me and, you know, I'm kind of above that. And now I'm ready for, some people call that the second mountain, right? It's like, all I want to do is grow and contribute, mm. you know, and that's you in a nutshell. And that's me in a nutshell. That's, that's what we want to make things better for people. And that's what we, we've dedicated our lives to doing. It's very rewarding isn't it massively ma massively massively it really is and you know and I think you can you can have all of the financial rewards of course and that's lovely and who doesn't want to you know to to be successful in that way as well but I think you know when you give back um it, it's it's a it's a joy that actually money can't buy um yeah so so it's it's great I think we share a lot of the same values Pete to be honest well, that's what you that's what we yeah. see on uh on Clubhouse right we see so many people lining up for help but we see equally people lining up to offer support and help oh i know that person yeah i mean i'm a master connector like you it's like i will connect you know i learned that from my dad you know my dad was a, a rotarian for over 50 years and rotary is all about you seek service over self mm. you know that that and he always said it's not what you know it's who you know so i know a lot of people bit like yeah. you I would imagine right you're just naturally curious naturally connecting there's nothing better than connecting it's like like a puzzle or something it's oh that goes there that goes there oh I feel bad because I connected yeah. and I'm yeah. not wanting any recognition for the connection you know yeah 100% 100% agree with you and, and I guess you know you mentioned your dad there's obviously a, a big figure you know figure in your life um and and how was how was your childhood then growing up in oh I was a little shit were you, were you <laughs> brothers and sisters or? I got an older brother. Okay. And he, yeah, I mean, I was just a nightmare. I was very hyperactive. I, I didn't like sitting still. Didn't like doing, being told what I was, didn't like being told what I was doing. Um, you want those? Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, I didn't like being told what I was doing. I was just naughty. I was mischievous. I, at five years old, I can actually remember being in so much trouble that they took me out of the class and put me into a class with children that were a year younger than me, were four. And I remember thinking, what am I doing here? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of, because I think I had a, a solid upbringing with my parents, I think I always, it's funny, I don't really ever think about it, why I ended up doing what I did, because a lot of the people I grew up with, because, you know, I went down that road of, doing things that we do you know drugs alcohol um you know mm -hmm. and even though I, I I don't know I must have just thought that there was more to life than that I think a big thing for me was when I was 17 I was at college I went to a further education college and one of our lecturers saw me play cricket and knew that I loved playing cricket so he invited me to go and play for, for their seven aside team and one of the people in the team um he was, I think, seven years older than me. He just showed me that I didn't have to be like everybody else. He, he, I didn't have to be like my friends and go to the pub every Friday and Saturday night and do the same things. He mm. showed me that there was music that I'd never heard of, like different types of reggae and um, what else? Rap music. Well, there wasn't rap music then. Um, and different types of food, different films. 
and he just opened it's actually was my best man at my wedding oh. that was my first proper mentor I think and, and I've been very fortunate to have some amazing mentors along the way you know and coaches yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like he was a real role model as well, because he kind of, you know, sometimes you'd look at someone else and you go, oh, gosh, that could be that could be my choice as well. You know, why not me? If that person's doing that, Cal, that's kind of cool. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. I feel quite emotional just thinking about it because he doesn't actually live too far away from me. He lives just down the road, actually, in Brighton, we're about 20 minutes away. But uh, yeah, you know, when you reflect on the influence that someone had, because it, it was also a sense of, I've always been funny, but I didn't realize how funny I could be when I was with someone who is just as funny as me. You bounce <laughs> off people and then you just be stupid and silly. And I love to be like that. I mean, that's the best compliment actually anyone can give me is, I mean, not that I'm doing live events at the moment, but people mm. would say, you know, do, do you do stand up comedy? And it's like, no, uh, but you know, if this is funny, I'd love to do stand up comedy. And actually, I don't think I would. I think I prefer to do what I'm doing right now. So. <laughs> but bringing humor, it, you know, even when times are tough and, you know, let's face it, a lot of people are going through some, some quite serious things, aren't they right now? But if you can bring a smile to yeah. even, the, even the darkest of moments, it really does make a difference, doesn't it? So I think well, that's a great gift you have there. Well, we were just talking about you know, our mums, my mum is, you know, she's not well, you know, she mm. is seriously ill. And uh, I've been looking after her. And then I come home and then I'll go back and look after her for a seven days. My brother is with her. And that it is very difficult. But mm. I've realized, what can I do about it? You know, what can I do? And what I can do is still pour into things that are positive. Again, that's mm -hmm. why I've spent so much time on Clubhouse. Yeah. Because I still want to help and it helps me. But let's be honest here, right? I say this a lot. It's when people tell me about what they want and they say, thank you for helping me. I say, I'm not helping you for you. I'm helping you for me because <laughs> I want to be a part of what you're doing. You know, I, I do. I, yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to give me recognition for it, but I'd yeah. love to know that you, we, we talked, you went away, you did that and you come back and you tell me that is awesome, right? So you're right, it is difficult. And I think it's going to get a lot more difficult for people actually for a while before we kind of find a new way of moving through the world. I think that a lot of people will struggle because they've adapted, mm -hmm. but the cost of the adaptation, the cost of children who have been homeschooled, the cost of people who have got jobs who have been working from home, yeah. that isolation, there's going to be problems that come out of it. But maybe through that, eventually the world will be better. We'll, we'll relate to each other better. We'll appreciate each other more. We'll, mm. we'll, I hope so. I really hope that people start to remember this time because it, when people talk about the war, they, people talk about that fondly. I mean, my father-in-law talks about it all the time and he wasn't even there, you know, <laughs> about what yeah. happened. You know, we've lived through, because we're still here, something that has killed, you know, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. Mm. And, has ripped our economy apart, ripped the fabric of society apart, yet we're still here. Yeah, absolutely. You know? absolutely. And, still, and still doing positive things, being creative, innovative, you know, putting yourself out, showing up every day, all of this good stuff, um, you know, is, is there is a, a positive. I guess, I, you know, there is, I'm not sure the elusive balance always exists, but I do believe there's a pole that, you know, that there's, you can't have light without shade, you know. You well, it does. I mean, I think the balance you know? does exist, I, but, but it depends how you look at it, because if the yeah. balance didn't exist, we wouldn't be here anymore. 
that nature has a way of sorting itself out and we are a part of nature we might be different but no we're different in some ways i think we're the only animals that have the dignity of choice i think we have choice that other animals it's all instinct to animals i again i I mean i I really studied this for a while because i was so fascinated by it but humanity is still here where there's more people on the earth than there's ever been so we must still be figuring I, I again I'm just hopeful you know yeah yeah exactly very very and I, I think out of adversity opportunities always come um but you, you know you have to be in the right mindset put yourself out there give it a go take action you know don't just talk about stuff take action yeah. yourself with the right people be be a good person yourself and you know great things can happen 100 yeah um, so, you know as difficult as it has been you know i think there is yeah you know there's lots to be thankful for you appreciate the small things maybe more than ever actually. well you know i love words which is quite unusual because obviously i didn't do particularly well in school but the word brilliant um comes from a diamond you know when a diamond is right it's brilliant well how did it become brilliant well it was forged with huge amounts of pressure under the earth Mm. and then in order for that then to be discovered what it has to go through you you know it's like it's an element of being brave and bold and i always think that people that were always mind these things are are brave people and they might never find anything Mm. but they Mm. keep going and i think in life the most brilliant thing that we can do is to be brave yeah, you know, I'm bold to to move forwards, to be courageous, to do something that's difficult, um, to ask for help. Actually, mm, so let yeah. me ask you because again, I'm curious. Why did you get out? Of, you worked in corporate, right? What? Yes. Yeah. Why did you get out of that? You know, I loved my corporate career. I have to say, you know, and I um, I ran very large travel businesses, global businesses. So I, you know, had teams in Russia, Brazil, China, India, you name it, all over the world. And I, I always loved what I did. So I was never one of these people in the corporate world that hated their job and was looking to sack their boss. That was never me. But, you know, I'd, I'd really enjoyed everything I'd done. And I guess I got to a certain point in my life, mid-40s, and I just thought, you know what, actually... I really want more freedom, flexibility, and choice. Um, mm. You know, I like I like the idea of being a lot more in control of my own destiny. I feel that all of the great kind of learnings and experiences that I've been lucky enough to have in my corporate life, I can just continue to build on that. It's almost like a snowball, I think. You know, as you go through life, you start and you you know you roll it in the snow and you get another layer of, of experience and life and learnings. Um, so I just felt it was the right time for me to sort of branch out, start my own stuff, get into a more entrepreneurial space. And um, yeah. And yeah, create freedom and flexibility. My other half, Chris, he's 10 years older than me and he'd retired as well. So we just thought we don't have kids. We wanted to do some traveling. So we went backpacking around South America for like three months. You know, wow. just really, really great time, about seven months of the year away. And then kind of opportunities have really emerged from that by, I suppose, putting myself out there mm. in a different way. So it was it was more around wanting to continue to develop as a and be a, a broader businesswoman and a broader individual that can give back and help people with their potential and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it kind of emerged, yeah. Reinvention is uh, a really a powerful thing, you know. Mm. And I think I was looking at Dame Kelly Holmes, because again, I've known her for years. We've met, but I've never done a podcast with her. And I said to her yesterday, I said, what is it with you? You just look younger. 
And she laughs and she smiles. And I, you know, to me, it's obvious because it's almost like she's been reborn. You know, she's yeah. done something and now there's something else. And retire people know they're heading for retirement. And yet retirement was invented in Prussia in 1887, I think, because it was needed. Because yeah. there were not there wasn't enough jobs. So they, they they worked out when people died, average age was 69. So they made retirement 67. So it's unlikely that you're going to be really excited, even though you think you might enjoy your retirement. For most people, after a few weeks of being retired, they're a bit bored. It's like, yeah. now what do I do? I mean, yeah. What I can play golf, but do I want to play golf seven days a week? Yeah. You know, yeah. do I want to I be think, in the garden? Some people could, do, some people do, but I, yeah. I don't. I think it comes back to that purpose piece, doesn't it, Pete? You know, yeah. why are you here? What are you wanting to achieve? What impact do you want to make? And and I've got I've got a just some, a, a couple of things that as you've been talking have prompted me to to think about this because you've worked with high performance, high performing sports uh, people, high yeah. performing business people. You know, high performance is the thread through that. So, I, and you've obviously studied a lot about the psychology behind all of that as well. Mm knowledgeable in that space so do you think that high performance really starts with the internal you or does it come from the external you as a catalyst to push on what, what do you it what can do you be both it can be both again mm. who was i speaking to oh yeah again you know kelly is another great example the external thing of you know i think when i was i'm not good enough i'm not this i think that's an external thing idea that's affecting you internally i'm not sure if that makes sense 100 percent, yeah um but then when, when your drive is that you just want to be the best that you can be that to me is an internal to external mm. right mm. external is how you've interpreted something that you've through growing up because you weren't born with that idea of i'm not enough you know or mm. i'm not this or i'm not good enough i can't do that so she, she's the sort of person that has um kind of both but as she's gotten older, it's been less about the drive of I'm not good enough. And it's like, no, let me show you. And then when you, if you do, if you watch her in Athens, 2004, winning 800 and 1500, she explained this yesterday, that it was to the point where she kind of completely let go and let everything that ever happened to her, all of the work that she had done just mm -hmm. pay off. And she didn't plan the race. She was at the back for both of them. But she just knew because she'd always done the work. And this isn't really asking your question, but whether it's an external or an internal thing that makes you want to be a high achiever, there's no substitute for hard work. The most mm. rewarding and the most fulfilling is when it comes from an internal point of view. In fact, Ronnie O'Sullivan said to me the other day, maybe yesterday or the day before, he won, he lost in the final of the Welsh Open. And we were talking about it. I spent two years of my life working with him. So he's like, my, yeah. he's like my best friend. And um, I said to him, yeah, but it was good that the guy won, you know? And he went, yeah, he goes, I was really pleased for him because the guy is from Northern Ireland. He's never won a ranking event. He's mm. beaten his hero. And Ronnie can take that because look, it's like, it's not about me, you know? It's about what I can do, which is, that, again, it sounds like a contradiction, but it's not about look what I've achieved. It's look what I can do for you. And yeah. the difference that that would have made to that boy's life is so the high achieve. What I love to do is help people that, that do have that I'm external kind of wanting validation to turn mm. that around to think about, now I want to have the biggest impact I can possibly have. 
So mm. one of my heroes is Michael Jordan. And I, I watched him when I was 19 on, on television. I didn't even know who he was. I just thought, who's that? On, on <laughs> Channel 4, it was like, uh, or maybe I was 20. And then he had, and he had a temperature when he was playing and he got loads of points. And I just became fascinated with this person to try and understand. But he was driven also by an external thing because when he went to his school team, he was dropped. He wasn't picked. He went home, he cried, and his mum said, you use that pain to show them that they were wrong. Mm. And that drove him forwards. But as, as he got older, he realised it was more than that. So he once said he knew that every time he played, there'd be someone there that had never seen him before, would never see him again, and that is who he was playing for. Yes, I you think know? the one person, if you can impact one person watching you that one day, then, then actually you've done, you've done a good thing. Well, that's what you love, right? Because it's that one yeah. conversation which yeah. sparks off a revolution and, that, and the revolution in that person's life. And it could be the fact that you didn't actually say anything. You just listened to someone and they just feel, because they, work, they worked things out. And that's one of the biggest problems in the world, right? That people find it harder and harder to express themselves. Mm. Men, perhaps more than women. Um, but what I'm starting to observe is, it's becoming more acceptable to talk mm. about it. But what I love about what you're doing is it's, yeah, okay, talk about it, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, you know? take some action. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about it all the time. Like, you know, when, when can we start acting upon that? I mean, some, and I, this is an area I've studied massively as a coach. Mm. If you want someone to move forwards, that sometimes they've really got to go backwards first because. Yeah there's trauma in there your, your life you haven't changed your perspective on it you haven't mm. forgiven and if you don't and you're going forwards to something that is challenging you're going to have obstacles that they're going to challenge you and if you haven't so you don't want to carry that yeah you need to get over this yeah so absolutely that's why working with a, a therapist sometimes you know or someone just to help you move on from your past yeah, yeah. Drop the baggage. Um, you know, speak to your subconscious in a in a different way. We use a new like new language that's going to take you forward, not hold you. I back. forget you've studied neurolinguistics, haven't you? No, I studied economics. Economics. Yes, yeah. So totally different. But I think when you're in business and in life, you, you know, and you're working in this field, you you might not be an expert psychologist, but you have to have an element of that, don't you? Of affinity. Yeah, you don't need to be an expert. And I mean, yeah. I left university having studied it and didn't know anything. <laughs> I, I didn't. I really didn't. I didn't. I I I didn't teach me to listen. You know, I I I didn't teach me to be curious. They didn't in the psychology book how to have a. They didn't teach you how to have a good psychology. Mm -hmm. And how to have a good psychology is to be optimistic about the future. That's been proven to be grateful, uh, to be curious, to be courageous, yeah. to be loving. That's what psych real for me. Actually, the word psychology means the study of your being. So when you're aware of your being, you become aware of what are the traits that are needed in order for you to be happy, fulfilled over an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so as you move forward then Pete you know in terms of kind of what you're what you're doing next because obviously you, you, we haven't talked about the podcast really and that's that's a great way of reaching a lot of people um isn't it you know with your voice yeah, people yeah. You speak to. so 
what was the catalyst for that? Um, how was that? How has that sort of evolved and changed? And what 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 have you what have you managed to grab from that in terms of opportunities? And you know, where's well, it- we're number we're number eighty two in China today. So, woo woo. Um, we're at one hundred and twenty eight. One hundred and twenty eight in the UK. I mean, it changes. Yeah. Um, why did I do a podcast? I don't remember exactly why, mm. but I love to talk. I love. I used to love like DJ. I used to love, I love people hearing my voice. I always wanted to be on the stage. I love to act. I love talking. Uh, so originally I did something called blog talk radio, which was maybe 10 years ago, maybe more. And I, that was on the phone. You phoned up and interviewed someone and they're all still on the internet. You can find them all. They're mainly around health and weight, weight loss. Yeah. And then five years ago, I wanted to do it again and I got some help. And uh, yeah, it's been five years. I think we've got maybe 350 episodes. Um, and I always think when I'm doing a podcast that I want the person who's listening to feel like I'm just talking to them. Yeah. And I've had some great guests. Uh, you're going to be on my podcast. You know, I'd love the people that follow me to, to listen to you because there's room enough for all of us. Otherwise, Absolutely. we wouldn't be here. quite quite no I think it's fantastic and and you know your earlier career which you you know I mean you were you were on GMTV you know you you were you were big in the world of TV and media Um, and that was what 10 years I think that that it was for about 10 years but that was about 12 years ago that it ended so it would be very different now because obviously the way social media is you know it's almost like I feel like I'm starting again but Mm. in terms of building a presence online but not that that's another story in itself but all those years ago being on television yeah I was I was the agony uncle in she magazine I had of columns in newspapers from time to time I was on GMTV probably once a week for many years I had my own show on discovery called the coach I had my own coach my own bus double decker bus with a big picture of me on it saying the coach and you know it was fun but it's like it never happened it's strange because it's a long time ago and I'm not particularly good at remembering I'm much more excited I'm always on to the next thing I'm like Jose Mourinho he he (laughs) he was like that I watched a documentary about him um and yeah he was always on to the next thing on to the next thing and I I'm not sure that's always the healthiest way of being. I'm, I'm kind of, that to me is still work in progress. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the, the TV, uh, the period you were in TV then, was, was a lot of that around, you know, the, I mean, obviously the adoration, the fame, the profile that comes with that. Was that a big motivator for you at the time? Or was all the skills that you learned that you loved? I love doing live TV. Believe you me, I've done some amazing things. I forget this as well, but I've done <laughs> hypnosis, right? On In Mauritius, live on television, where they go, uh, what was their name? Um, I'll come to Carla, Carla Romana. And we're on the beach. It's a live being from, obviously, Mauritius back to the UK. And she mm. goes, Pete is about to hypnotize our castaways. Join us after the break. And there's, what's her name from Bucks Fizz? Uh, <laughs> she, was the, she was the guest like the celebrity. And then there was like three members of the public. Yeah. And I hypnotized these people to imagine that their food that they wanted to eat was something completely different because everyone's got an imagination and some people have got, I know how to, I'm very good at helping people use their imagination anyway. Yeah. 
this woman threw up and I didn't see this, but her microphone was here, like oh here. My word, and she went, yeah. but I couldn't hear it because we were on the beach. <laughs> yeah. And of course that made a lot of people that were eating their cornflakes, uh, whatever <laughs> they were in the UK going, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I had a lot of moments like that on, on, on TV. I did the first ever uh, live firewalk. Um, wow. Uh, and Martin Frizzell said to me afterwards, who was head of, he was, you know, he's married to Fiona Phillips. He said to me afterwards, how many times have you done that before? I went, I've never done it before. I, I did bring a team of people in, you know, yeah, who do it. Yeah. But he said, if I'd known that, we never would have let you do it. Wow. And that's that risk taker, you know, in me. And But, you know, like I say, there's lots of stories and I, I, I love to talk about the stories, but I'm more interested in, let's talk about the stories we are, going to create you know yeah yeah that's, yeah that's what's ahead of us yeah and and you know i think an area that a lot of people sometimes um are scared of or don't talk about so much is is kind of failure really i mean i never like mm. failure you know i always like to think of it as learning but at the end of the day you know we're all going to get stuff wrong we're all going to fail at something because you know we're humans aren't we so can you think of times i mean you must have had times for your career where you know it hasn't all been yeah i just remember <laughs> something else i never forget this but obviously failure is is um for some people it's doesn't mean anything it just means i'm getting better it just it's when exactly you're, when you, it's when you care about what other people think you've obviously obviously got a problem with it but mm. people don't have a problem with failure where they know the outcome they want and that's why people on things like strictly um and all these uh, dancing on ice people who have performed and have known that the only way that they've got to the level of performance is by making mistakes like athletes they often do well yes um, but in answer to your question, I think the one there's been a few things that have gone wrong. I was on this morning with a woman who had agoraphobia. Um, no, was it agoraphobia? It was a, a obsessive OCD to cleanliness. So mm. basically, she hadn't been to the toilet for like 24 hours already because she wasn't at home. Um, she obviously was. She was wearing gloves. She, you know, she was wanting to clean, and that's mm. always a challenge to work with people who have those types of conditions, because yeah. if I'm going to help someone who's doing that, they've got to stop doing it for a few seconds to consider something else apart from doing that. Yeah. And that's where it's possible to give them a new idea. But I said that I do not to this morning, and I said it a few times, I don't work with people in those conditions, situations who are on um, antidepressant medication because that even for many cases, it kind of dumbs down their senses a little bit. Yeah. And this was woman was on heavy, she was on a tranquilizer, but it, even if she hadn't, I don't think it would have worked because um, she didn't want it to work, you know, which is mm -hmm. fair enough, but I never forget Philip Schofield, you know, cause he was bigging me up and it was like, and I had the whole show to work with her and I realized after <laughs> about 15 minutes, I was going, oh my God, this isn't going anywhere yeah you know yeah. and i thought this is like i might as well just go up to a wall and i'll never forget him looking at me going like that it's the same i mean obviously people that are listening to this can't see what i'm doing but i'm just, yeah. just like shaking his head at me as if to go you have seriously messed up mate and oh, you're my. making yourself look really stupid um, yeah. how do you dig out of that then and, and what's what's going through your head what emotions are going through your your sort of mind at that point I, I think at that point, because I've done it before, I think I remember thinking, 
well, it was bound to happen at least once because I've done phobia cures on live on television with people with multiple uh, phobias. In fact, uh, people with spiders, uh, mm. birds. I remember we had, I had 10 people who had a phobia of birds flying. So I'd had great success. And I remember thinking, okay, this is a shame, but you know what? It's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, who cares? I'm not, I'm, you know, well, I did <laughs> care. It? I cared about the lady because I, I would like to have helped her, but you know, I can't help everybody. Yeah. I'm not helping myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's a big thing about perspective though isn't there Pete yeah because I think you know with when it comes to failure as well you know I think some people are so fearful of judgment or loss or whatever that they never get going and, and the reality is that nine times out of ten is one those fears are probably never going to come to fruition but two I mean I always say well how bad can it be you know let's how, but what opportunities what good could come from it because if you focus on that and not the loss but what yeah. you gain, it really propels you forward, doesn't it? So perspective, I think, is a great leveler. Um, well, that's when people change. That's what my coach said to me when he was alive. Mm. You know, people don't change when you tell them. People change when their perspective changes. And mm. often that's why just talking to someone can give themselves an opportunity to look at things from a fresh pair of eyes. That's what, that's what I love to do. But where did you learn to be so optimistic then? Where did you learn to, to be that way? Do you think you were born that way? Do you think you learned that from people think, around um, you yeah I, th I think my parents you know I had a great like you said I had a great childhood you know growing up in Manchester and one of you know the youngest of three daughters um so you know I we were we always had a happy a happy childhood um it was fun you know um so so I guess I was fortunate really fortunate to have a good start um but also that aspect of you do have to put the effort in you know no one gives you nothing for for, you know, yeah. if you things for free, you have to put the work in. So really strong work ethic um, instilled in me from a very young age. Um, and also, and, and just sort of that, I suppose, from my mum, my mum's very entrepreneurial. Um, and, and actually, you know, she would always just sort of give it a go. We'll just give it a go, you know. Yeah. We're here for you anyway. We'll, we'll catch you if you fall. See, that, that's really powerful when yeah. you say just give it a go. Mm. Because that means... If you give it a go and it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Just give it another go. Exactly. So that's probably where you might have learned to just, well, there is no failure. I just give it another go. Can I have another go? Yep. Can I have yeah. another go? Yep. Can I have another go? Yep. So what does being brave, bold, and brilliant mean to me? Well, it really just means learning how to think greater than I feel because ultimately we all know that the world is full of people who know that there are things they need to do, but because they don't feel like it, they won't do it. For me, being brave, bold and brilliant, that's what it's all about in the pursuit of what I want to achieve. And I have big goals, big dreams. You know, ultimately, my whole thing right now is all about helping people with that entrepreneurial spirit to become entrepreneurs, people that want to have impact, change the world. And I know if that's what I want, I have to go first and be an example to all of those people. So being brave, bold and brilliant is all about thinking greater uh, than I feel. And sometimes it's giving yourself the permission, I think. You know, it's great. Yeah. We'll give it, but give, give yourself permission as well, you know. And, uh, Definitely. Yeah. That's where the magic happens, I think.